Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. So, Nick. Todd. Once or twice a year, I seem to have a client come in because they want to find out what they want to find an answer to a question that's really kind of haunting them. It just so happens that answer to that question really can't be known for whatever reason, for multiple reasons or for a specific reason. Um, and this, this seems to, to happen. One of the common ones is, is once or twice a year, it seems I get someone who says, if only I can understand why my brother committed suicide. Hmm. If I could only understand why my father committed suicide or if I could only understand why my dad abandoned me. Yeah. You or know, abuse. Or, or, or yeah, if I could only understand yeah. what and and or, you know, if if my dad would ever just admit that he had this problem and tell me why. Or but there seems to be something around these presentations where these where these individuals are looking for answers that aren't accessible and and it does present in itself a really unique challenge. You know, there's something tragic that's happened or very painful that's happened, and they really want to understand it. But the the understanding, the ability to really understand, or the actual data that they would they feel like they need, isn't accessible. Have you seen this before? Yeah, totally. Comes up all the time. It's very related to something I I see a lot with with um, my clients, which is. Uh, like the need for meaning, like needing to know yeah. what's the meaning behind. Does this mean something? Like, well, what does this mean? And you see this with people in relationships. Why did they break up with me? If I could, if they'd only tell me what I did, to, to, or why am I not good enough for that mm-hmm. person, or why did my my husband divorce me? You know, I, I thought we, you know, and it, or why did they have that affair? Or right. What, I mean, there's there's all sorts of whys, and and some people get really locked on to. I have to know that. You know, mm-hmm. and there, there's almost like this, they're coming into therapy saying, you as a psychologist have to help me understand why this happened or, or what the answers are here. Yeah. I'm, this is pretty pervasive, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and for you, it seems to be a meaning making. I mean, often. Meaning. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, so why, okay. So the follow up question is, is this a problem? I mean, I think we're, we're both kind of assuming it is problematic. Um, this, this kind of search for impossible answers. Yeah, yeah. Why so what's, what's problematic yeah. about continuing to question, you know, why a loved one committed suicide, for instance? Well, and in, in, built into this kind of presentation is that idea that the, the real data you would need to understand why is not available, mm-hmm. right? Um, dad didn't leave a note when he committed suicide, um, husband just refuses to talk to you, you right. know, and, and explain why he left you. Um, whatever it is that there, there's usually a bearer to acquiring what they feel like is the needed information. Um, and so it's just so unsettling that this thing is a loose end, something they'll never understand or, or comprehend or, or, you know, um, my, my, my son ran away. 10 years ago and I, I you know, and I, I don't know where he is yet. I don't know if he's alive. I don't know. I mean, these are very painful situations where that unanswered question is, is very disheartening. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, but again, what's the, why is that problematic? Like, why is it um, not in people's best interest to continue 
sort of searching for answers that are unobtainable. It requires a lot of attention and a mm-hmm. lot of emotional expenditure, and it, it's usually a lot of rumination and depression mm-hmm. that accompanies this, okay. and anxiety. I mean, these things definitely impact people's functioning and people's ability to, um, you know, their headspace and their their own distress levels are pretty high. So kind of like two things in there. One is opportunity cost, right? Mm-hmm. If you put all this energy into asking these questions, that's not energy and time you could put toward other things in your life. Well, and this is beyond what I what kind of mentioned is the futility of it. It's just it's just a futile kind of endeavor as well. So, yeah, the opportunity cost. But do you think like I think a lot of people basically know it's futile, but they continue doing it anyway. Do you think people really think that that they're gonna find the answer? I think they really hope they will. I, I think in their mind, I think a lot of times there there's an equation they've built that says the answer will make everything else make sense to me. The answer will make it will will will, will allow me to have a sense of closure, mm-hmm. have a sense of well being. That because this thing isn't solved, I can't. You know, and there's the there's the there's one of the psychological pitfalls of that yeah. kind of belief system. But there it is. It's kind of this. If I only knew I could, I could rest at night. If I only knew I could, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. What? Is, so I, I, I definitely think that's possible and goes on um, with some people. The other thing that I think though sometimes is that I think there are people who basically know that they're not going to get the answer. But the reason, but it's not for some people. It's not actually about the answer. It's about the questioning. And, and what I mean by that is asking the question and sort of maintaining this illusion like maybe the answer is out there basically gives them something to do it 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 alleviates that sense of like helplessness and lack of control like this person is gone yeah and that on on kind of like an existential level can be pretty terrifying and hard to accept but yeah if it's this like why did they do it trying to make sense of it, it 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 allows you to kind of avoid that more difficult fact right and all the emotion that goes along with it well and the the very question does pose this kind of um avoidant kind of feature which is if i understood you know it'd be okay yeah everything would feel better it would be yeah right i could get back to my life or and and so i i I do think this is a this serves a very avoidant function sometimes and 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 good god i mean it's so much pain i you can't judge that i mean you know the, the that that kind of maneuver to avoid pain is, is oh sure what could be more definitely natural? yeah I think a big part of this though it, it, frankly is our field I think traditionally our field has been so insight oriented the whole like kind of messaging is once you understand things better mm-hmm. your life will be better mm-hmm. once you understand you know why your mommy didn't love you like you, everything will be better right once you understand why this is happening you know so it's I think that all the messing, both as mental health professionals, but also are like the cultural like depictions of how sort of therapy and mental health work, they all kind of imply this idea that understanding is where it's at. Well, and externally, this is kind of, we, we're, we're taught this, you know, that understanding the elements of an equation makes it all make sense. And mm. there is that kind of satisfaction externally with things right. where you're like, oh, seeing how that all kind of lined up, I can, that makes me, yeah. But you know, I mean, some the, things don't have equations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I mean, take the coronavirus, right? I mean, 
given its perplexing nature right now, that's why we feel anxious. It's like we need to know oh. what the heck's going on. And once we figure that out, we'll all feel better and we'll all be able to adapt to it. And I think that's reinforced in the external world like that oh, a lot. right. Because there Whereas, are some problems that really <clears throat> are solved by understanding. By understanding. And yeah. that's reinforced a lot in the right. external world. So I think there point. is this kind of pull internally to do the same thing and say, if I only comprehended all the elements of this, I'd, I'd be mm -hmm. able to really be okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think also another thing that's going on with, with this kind of search for impossible answers is I think on a pretty core level, some people just have a very strong fear of uncertainty generally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They, it probably has to do with their childhood or early experiences where uncertainty was sort of associated with real dangers or threats or, or, or things like that. And, but they've kind of gone through life organizing their life in such a way that they reduce everything's about not being exposed to uncertainty, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? And that becomes really problematic because eventually something hits you in the face that you can't, you can't get out of. Well, something really difficult, big, and ultimately unknowable. And well, then you... And not even that big because the, the only way that philosophy really works is if you have 100% predictability in your day. Right. And so... I mean, things that, that, that aren't predictable then cause a very um, unsettling kind of reaction to them. Yeah. But I think, you know, people are actually pretty clever at, and like clever in a tragic way, at designing their life to minimize mm -hmm. uncertainty mm -hmm. and to maximize and prior, absolutely prioritize predictability at the expense of everything else. Yeah. Right? Which is a, it often ends up just being a really sad way to go through life. Yeah, it's very difficult, extremely difficult. Yeah, I mean, and, and your mind is just capable of building a trap door in any, any room. So. Right. But I think it's it's often hard to realize that that's what's going on. Mm -hmm. That you have such a strong aversion to uncertainty. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I think, and like you were saying, I think a lot of our training in life, we get rewarded for eliminating uncertainty. Yep. Right. Yeah. Um, but but I think it's a key insight is to realize that uncertainty itself isn't necessarily good or bad. Like there's no valence to uncertainty mm. necessarily, right? Oftentimes uncertainty just, it just is mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. it, you know? So I, I think that's an important kind of realization. You know, in, in, in so many ways, sometimes the, 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 the individual coming in has been given an answer, you know? Um, you know, in the midst of the, the fighting that caused the divorce, the, the spouse was saying, here's why I'm leaving, you know, and, and there's, there's almost a resistance to some of that. Sometimes, um, you know, brother did leave, leave a note when he committed suicide and kind of talked about how pained he was at being socially ostracized and blah, blah, blah. But there's still this kind of like, but I don't understand that, mm -hmm. right? Like I need to understand what they were thinking, you know, and again, there's another impossible thing. Yeah. impossible even beyond the explanation that we're given sometimes, you know, in those things. So it really is, I think more than just an answer. It, it's, it's more of a struggle against not understanding or against unknowing or that, that uh, unexplainable. It strikes me that it's, this is like a corollary of the just world fallacy. Mm -hmm. The just world fallacy is, is the idea that things should turn out right. In some in sort end. of predictable like way. The good guys should win and the bad guys should lose. Right. Right. And I think a, a version of that is that things should be knowable eventually, 
Like you should be able to figure out the equation eventually, right? All the answers are out there. It's just a matter of kind of trying hard enough and, you know, asking the right questions and um, things are basically kind of solvable. Well, and, and, and this, an extension of that just world theory would be that once I understand, I'll feel okay. I'll feel better, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think that that's uh, an illusion we chase sometimes too, that by getting that person to say the words or somehow under discovering those things will make you feel better. And and there's the trap. I think a lot of these individuals are in, they, they've kind of, they've, they put a lot of stock into that answer, making themselves feel okay. And I'm mm-hmm. not sure that's the right investment to make. Yeah. Yeah. It's a brutal answer to, to pose to yourself or be a brutal question to pose to yourself over and over and over again mm-hmm. about really painful things. And I think what that does is it, it, it maintains the grieving process in a, in a, in a, distressful way, right? It's, it's this ruminative kind of thing where you're kind of constantly going over this. Why, why, why? And because the answer is unknowable, you're kind of deciding that I'm going to do this forever. Yeah. Or or maybe in some ways it, it interferes with the grieving process. Like in some ways grief is acceptance. Grief is like realizing there's stuff I am never going to know. Right. Yeah. This person is never coming back. And, in, and I have to move through that. Now, right. I have to you know, be willing so part of to my, acknowledge that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Part of me now. And, um, and the answer, and again, the idea that I'll understand it means that it'll go away. I won't have to, I won't have to be sad. That person's not here right. anymore. Right. Yeah. So it's a real, almost false pursuit sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and rarely the stars align and new information is gleaned and rarely does it make you feel any better. Yeah. And that's, that's a hard part. Yeah. Right. It's an interesting conundrum, mm-hmm. but uh, best advice is probably to increase your willingness and ability to not have the answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and to practice it in small ways first. And not to attach the, the answer to well-being and your happiness. Right. Hey, everyone. Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.